0: them eat mini episode mini episode baby we got our very first fan mail
1: (laughs) (laughs) can we insert the like we just got a letter we just got a letter yeah
0: we just got a letter
1: oh just blue's clues please yeah that's what i thought (laughs) how dare you even question that that was embarrassing
0: i'm just making sure okay okay but with that being said we did get fan mail um it was (laughs) shut up that is the funniest thing ever we got an email (laughs) it was from the sweetest lady named christina and her and her daughter listened to our very first episode and i definitely had i was the emoji where like the eyes welled up that looks like yeah because her daughter started tuning in because her daughter's name is Emma and her best friend's name is Emily. Stop it. We love another Eminem duo. Like <laughs> how adorable. Absolutely adorable. But then Christina asked us a bunch of questions about basically just business. business. And that is a big reason why we started this podcast to begin with.
1: Also, can I just say, floored that we had someone listen to this. <laughs> period but then also to the time to email us and like ask us for advice because what the hell do we know? No I'm just kidding. We've learned a couple of things over the years. We don't we have a lot more to learn for sure. Um but I have the email in front of me. I'm not going to read the entire thing. But essentially Christina owns her own food-based company and just had a couple of questions about TikTok specifically so I'm gonna direct her to our TikTok episode that will be dropping um or maybe has already dropped it's episode two not the mini episode included in that and we'll probably do more TikTok because that is by far the number one question that I get asked and I could talk about it all day but I won't worry with it now um She also just wanted to kind of pick our brains about how we've gotten what she calls national attention, getting involved with larger events and companies like the Cleveland Cavaliers, obviously here in Cleveland. And then also if we belong to any business groups. Um, So I guess we'll start with the national attention one. And I would say if you're talking about like PR and press, that needs to be an entire separate episode. Because when I tell you... I had no clue about any of that when I was scaling this business. I was so in the dark about how all of that works.
0: I would say the same with partnerships though, like partnerships and collaborations, you do not know what that entails until you, until you start deep diving it yourself. And I feel like PR pitching to like press magazines, that is about 10 times harder to get the attention of editors and writers than it is to get the attention of a business for a collaboration or partnership
1: one thousand percent yes any type of um article that's been written about us so i had a business insider article written about me we'd have been in forbes we've been in the knot we've been in the Zoe report we've been in i esquire we've been in quite a bit of stuff um and almost all of that has happened purely because of tiktok um so just having people's eyes on you via TikTok and social media is what has really gotten any type of attention when it comes to that which I hate giving that answer because it really doesn't help you in this moment um but what I can say is that we did a little bit of paid PR in the end of 2021 and um Was it worth it Mm, pr is really expensive um and it doesn't have the return on investment that i thought it was going to
0: were we affiliated when we were doing pr or were we not i can't remember
1: we became affiliated about halfway through our pr contract which like adore the person that did the pr for us literally loved it i feel like i learned so much from him and i learned so much from that entire process i don't know that we were at a place in the business that we should have been spending money on something like that at the time but you live and you learn and i didn't even know what the hell being affiliated was outside of an influencer the businesses can also be affiliated. So essentially what that means is that you sign up, there's a couple of different platforms. We were on Sale. that you then, when you get press, you, the press gets paid through the links. So if we were going to be in Forbes, we would then be affiliated. We would have this like joint link that if somebody was reading the Forbes article, clicked on it, purchased our product, they would then get a commission per purchase. And so I think there's only ever been one thing that we've done that was affiliated, which is pretty insane. All the other press that we've gotten has been unpaid organic press, which is wild. It does not happen that way. Do not be fooled. All of those gift guides, so much press is through affiliate links and it's often paid and it's all about who you know. And there's nothing wrong with that. I was just very naive to that when I first got started. I was like, I got a cool product. What do you mean you don't want to feature this in the gift guide? And they were like, but are you going to pay me? And I was like,
0: oh, mm-hmm, yeah. that would make sense. I feel like another crazy one that we're recently learning is to be featured in some articles. You have to have an Amazon storefront. You have to be on
1: Amazon, either Amazon storefront or yes like as a brand you have to be on amazon not like as an influencer and so we had a huge opportunity with a huge dream publication this winter and they loved our products but because we weren't sold on amazon they couldn't slot us in um so that's the thing that we're on the low-key actually developing right now is being on amazon we'll see what ends up happening with that um so if I were to do it all over again, how would I do this? I don't think that I would pay for PR from the very beginning, especially, I'm glad that I did. Let me present. I'm glad that I did because I learned a lot and I learned a lot of hard lessons through that and good lessons learned, but now I'm going to give you that information for free. So you're welcome. Um, you can pitch PR. You can literally create a template where you find the writers. And one way that you do that is just kind of look up to other brands that have been featured in similar things and see who's writing it. Oftentimes they're freelancers. You can find their information pretty easily. Go on Instagram. A lot of them, I'd follow them. Don't be like creepy or weird about it, but you, they have their emails and their bios often because they're looking for cool things.
0: And another way is if you go to whatever publication they work for, so let's say, I don't know, let's say Teen Vogue is the first one that comes to my mind. But if you go look at an article that they've written, you can click their name. And if you click their name, it takes you to their profile. And a lot of the times they have an email button. So they'll have all their socials and then an email. So that's another way that you can find that as well. Are
1: you going to get results from this?
0: No. No. (laughs)
1: not true. That's not necessarily true. But what I will tell you is that you and everybody else and their brother and the PR companies and small brands are doing the same thing. They're getting pitched it's a lot harder than it sounds. They're getting pitched left and right. You have to kind of really research and fine tune what that pitch looks like. Can something come from it? Sure. But it's going to take you a lot of hours and a lot of time to do this that you may not have a huge return on it. If you are somewhere local, I would start with like, like here, I was on New Day Cleveland um, a couple of times. They reached out to me. But you can absolutely look into who does those segments in your local town. Kind of start there um, and baby step your way into it. I think you can definitely, you can move the needle with some of that pitching. But it takes a lot of consistency and a lot of kind of trial and error on what actually works. And I think you also have to ask yourself, what's the goal of having this national attention? Mm-hmm. What What is it? Because my goal has changed. In the beginning, I thought, wow, like I'm going to get so many sales from this. And that is not true. Talk to anybody in PR. PR does not equate to sales. PR is something that if you want to validate or give um, almost like a stamp of approval on what you're doing, that's what PR is for. So it's off go ahead
0: i would even say that another way to kind of get that attention from like a smaller scale is reach out to those smaller not smaller but the instagram accounts like in your city so one that i think of is like cleveland slash akron bucket list in the area they do gift guides where they feature local small businesses for certain things whether it's valentine's day best friends day that kind of thing or offering to do like a giveaway with a bigger account i think of cleveland vibes because we've done stuff through cleveland vibes but getting that local attention will also help you get that attention of local bigger things like the calves the guardians like that kind of stuff as well i think
1: totally and i think for me it was just being seen like mm-hmm. i've changed my business model so much but like when i did events There was no outreach. When I tell you, I did not send a single email to anybody that said, hi, look at this business that I have started. I got all of those events organically and for people coming to me, which is mind blowing and not at all how you should approach your business. It's not how at all we approach our business now. We are done sitting back and letting people come to us. Yes, it happens so often, But we are big fans of outreach. And I do think you can start small. Obviously, we talk a lot about Cleveland because that's where we're based. But you can apply that to literally wherever you are located. And I also think you can apply this to even if you're not a business, but you want to work for a specific business, whatever that is. Be smart and, you know, look up the hiring manager on LinkedIn, look them up on Instagram, see what information you can find about them. Do a little digging and and you can maybe find a natural connection to kind of ease your way in. Um, but we have found that it is really cool and it's really exciting and it is validating to have huge happen but it doesn't necessarily move the needle in the way that you or I thought that it would originally or I think a lot of people think that it does in sales and
0: getting attention sometimes but most of the time probably not yeah most of the time it's just having your name in a really cool spot and it is really cool but like you said it doesn't always equate to sales like you think it would
1: I also think two people are sleeping on LinkedIn. I think, I think I'm sleeping on LinkedIn (laughs) to be honest, but it is not at all what I thought that it was period. Not at all what I thought that it was. I know you use it almost every day. I use it often, too. But people are posting on there, and their algorithm is really cool from the standpoint of, like, if I'm connected with somebody and um, I comment on it, like, my profile is going to come up to everybody that they're connected with. You can find a lot of really important people through LinkedIn.
0: And a lot of people post events that they're doing through LinkedIn as well. So, recently... (laughs) I've been commenting on people's posts that are hosting really cool events, dropping what we do and dropping my email because you seriously never know. But I wouldn't have known about any of those events unless I was scrolling through LinkedIn that day.
1: Emma's creepy. That's what we just, but Hey, it serves us well. It serves her position very well. And she is bold in a way that I am not naturally, which makes us the chef kiss of a duo um, when it comes to that. So, the unfair answer to that first question is that so much of this has happened to like we've gotten these things because of TikTok. but if you don't have that million following that we have i do think you can kind of baby step into that um and, and go out and get it for yourself type of thing but just be aware it does take time and that's not to discourage you it's just to set a realistic expectation that it will take a little bit of time Um, I also think it's super important to think about if you're going to start doing a type of like gifting, your product is going to speak for itself. So I even think if you are starting on a local level, reach out to whoever it is that your dream collaboration is and just ask if you can drop off samples, no strings attached that I think can be a really powerful move to getting your product on the right eyes.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that because even now our our product is so visual. If you don't really see it, you, you can kind of get it through email, but we always, always, always offer to send samples. And when someone sees it in person, it's an immediate flip of, oh my goodness, wow.
1: If I was going back in not, like didn't have my TikTok following, was not doing the shipping, like the D2C side of things, and I was looking for content ideas, I would absolutely make a list of people locally to me that I wanted to partner with and I would go and I would drop off product to them and I would record it. I would make an entire series about who I was dropping it off to, what type of partnership I wanted to see, what I wanted the outcome from that to be, and literally track all of
0: it and put it on the internet. Oh, absolutely. And I would even say doing that for like bigger companies because I have absolutely done that where... I haven't heard back from someone that I really wanted to work with. So I found their again, me being bold. So <laughs> take this as you will, but packing a box, finding their HQ address and sending them a box with a note in it. And it has worked in the past. Not every time. Absolutely. Worked. If you, if there is a big brand that you want to work
1: with and you cannot get a hold of the right people and you have a physical product to send them, you can find their address. People have them to us. People have absolutely, our address is public knowledge. We are a production facility where we make cotton candy. We legally have to have our address on every piece of product that we send out. That's not encouraging you to come and be creepy to where we are, but you can find it pretty easily. We've had people absolutely send stuff to us, their products, whatever that looks like, just as like a little, hey. And the thing that I want to keep in mind and just kind of reiterate is that there can be
0: no strings attached. Yeah, absolutely. And with that being said, also, is with sending the product, it doesn't mean that's going to happen right away, but at least you're on their radar and it might be a fit a week, a month, a year down the road, but at least you sent it, you shot your shot and they have that business name in the back of their head.
1: Totally. And it may not be a fit for right here, right now, but when they're doing something very specific and you may pop up into their minds... There you go. It could take, I experienced that. We experience it now, but I experienced it so much in the event space. I would do an event and then four years later, someone would be like, I saw you at such and such. And now is the right place, right time. So you do have to just be, again, that's the theme here apparently is patience. Um, okay, the next question that I think is super important and super interesting um, what are any like business groups that I belong to? As it stands right now, I don't belong to any like specific Cleveland based business groups. And that's not because I don't think they're incredible. I did at one point at the pandemic kind of threw everything into a weird place. So any of those events that I was going to, I no, they were no longer happening. And then the business scaled so quickly that I just genuinely don't have the time to devote to anything like that. And I think I'm also just in a different phase of the business right now, but I have made so many of those contacts already in Cleveland. But I would encourage you that this is vital. I actually just made a TikTok on my personal page about this. Absolutely make local business friends, befriend them. And I think the key to that is making local business friends with not only people that are above you and where you're at. I don't mean above as in like better than you, I mean just further along in their business journey. Make friends with people that are in the exact same place that you are in, or maybe even a little bit lower and then offer each other trades of services. So how I did this was in the beginning, I needed photography, we, Emma knows, I'm not the best photographer in the world.
0: But you tried and that's what matters. I try, you you
1: should would die at some of the original, I need to make more videos about it, like my original pictures that I would take for our Instagram.
0: I mean, I almost killed you the other day. I went home early to finish working from home. <laughs> And I check Instagram, and you, raw dog, just post a photo with no filter on it that could have matched our feed beautifully. And within ten seconds of seeing that photo, I text you, "I need this photo, and I'm gonna put an edit on it." But I with taking the photo. Listen, I almost
1: died when you were like. Bitch, what did you do? You're going to take the Instagram password away from me. Like, I'm going to come in one day and you're just going to have to reset it because I'm not allowed to do these things. I have a good eye for stuff. I just, I'm not good at editing. Um, that's a whole other story. But anyways, um... I partnered with a photographer that was a friend of mine for literally forever, and she was just starting her photography business. I was just starting my cotton candy company, and we would do, like, shoots. She had no one to take pictures of and nothing unique to take pictures of, and I had no pictures, but I had a unique product, and I am a person that she could take pictures of. So we literally would just set up these photo shoots to do that. It's so important to um, – really have people that understand where you are exactly when you're in that time, that it's really relatable.
0: And I feel like another thing is that people don't really want to talk about those hardships. So even if you have to be that first person to like ask advice, shoot your shot because little do you know that person may be in the exact same position you're in, but just doesn't want to say anything. So I think we learned that pretty largely this year again, like when you think someone's in like a bigger space than they are, but when you really take the time to get to know them personally, get to know their brand, get to know anything behind the scenes, you really realize that you and a bunch of other people are in the same position. Just not everyone talks about it.
1: And I think there's this, this is kind of like a, a detour a little bit, but not really. I think that there is this weird, um... I don't know, like expectation or kind of dynamic when you're constantly going to people that are further along than you and asking for advice. In some instances, when they, especially when they offer to be able to help with it, like that's totally, that's totally appropriate. There does become a point where it almost has to be a fair trade. So if you were in the place, same place or similar place as somebody else, and you have just nailed wholesale and you know exactly what you're doing with wholesale, but that other person has no clue, but needs to venture into that. But they have a really kick-ass content strategy, meet and, and go back and forth on that. It has to feel like a mutually beneficial partnership as opposed to you reaching out to somebody that is just eons ahead or below and you you honestly feel like you're just being drained because you're answering all of these questions from somebody that's like way below where you are or you feel like you're constantly nagging somebody that's way ahead of where you are so it's definitely like a unique balance of yes a mentor is great but I think what is undervalued is people exactly where you are and meeting someone in the same place
0: also I think the biggest thing, and there's going to be a whole episode on this later on, but there is a big, 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 big difference between asking someone something that they can answer, I guess. And then the second half of that is asking a trade secret. And people love to throw around the word gatekeeping. You're gatekeeping. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Are you, am I gatekeeping our trade secrets that took years to find and really what makes art like, I'm just gonna use art sucra, but what makes art super art of sucra? Or are you asking me my content strategy that I can really help you gauge where we're at and where you can be at with it? And I think that's just a fine balance. And I think it can be a line that gets overstepped way too often. There
1: absolutely is, there is nothing wrong with keeping some things close to the chest like there are some things that like make no mistake every employee that works here signs an nda and that's not because i'm like this egomaniac that thinks that you know i'm gonna sue somebody for whatever but there are things that working here in specific positions you hear and you know and you oversee that took me years develop in time and money and energy you think that just anybody that walks into a coca-cola plant knows the recipe for coke you're out of your mind like there's and and that is okay to to some degree but again you're right gatekeeping has been such a buzzword that gets thrown around however when i tell you if i know someone that can help you with a specific problem or i can help you with something that is you know, not a quote unquote trade secret, your girl is going to help you. I want you to be the connector of people. I want to give all of this knowledge that I have freely for some things and and to be able to help people i feel so passionate about that so i do think that it is a fine line that is kind of hard to navigate in the beginning it's this like be bold but don't be too bold like ask questions but don't ask too many questions and i think it depends all who you're talking to some founders literally hate the phrase hey can i pick your brain it doesn't buy it doesn't bother me i get asked that often i get dms all the time about people asking my advice on stuff and I enjoy giving it. So I do, I think you just have to be careful of who you're asking, how you're asking it, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, which know. was a completely 180, not what we're supposed to be talking about, which was business groups. So join those business groups is what I'm saying. I can't give you any off the top of my head for like connections. That's woohoo, make connections, network. <laughs> but here's the thing. I'm going to encourage you to do it, not only locally, wherever you're based, but also so much bigger than that. Think outside of the box. One of our dear, dear friends, her name is Jasmine. She has started this incredible community called Female Founder World. She has an online community in Geneva is what it's called. Um, Join that if you're a female founder. Find some, whether it's a podcast, she has, Jasmine has a podcast, it's a great resource, whatever it is. Find those people, find them locally, find them other places, find them across the world. I've literally taken Zoom calls with founders in Australia because they had questions about TikTok, and I just jumped on a call with them and helped them out for a little bit. If you find your right people, it will absolutely be life-changing for your business. So, yes, absolutely get into those business groups wherever they are, wherever you are.
0: And you can even find this within, I know I have it within my group of friends. I have such an entrepreneurial group of friends and I know I'm very lucky in that aspect, but all of my entrepreneur friends, we are all, I mean, so far across the board of different businesses and different companies, yet we can all find a common topic of, hey, I need help with this. I need help with this. Do you have any ideas? Because you are in a totally different realm than me. So don't niche down to just the specific genre of business you're in, but even look beyond that because someone, if you're in the food industry and someone's in the photography industry, while you're not in the same genre, you each have something so special to bring to the table. Talk about it.
1: I would actually argue that it's more important to have friends not in the industry that you are in and to network outside of your industry. I think people will be more likely to share trade secrets quote unquote with you if you're not in the same space. If you are a competitive cotton candy company reaching out to me, which by the way happens about weekly, asking for what ingredients do we use? What machines do we use? How do we make our recipes? All of these things. I'm probably going to be less likely to give you information, and it's not that I'm, you know, scared that you're going to take these things and, you know, run with them necessarily. But there's something to be said about the fact that I developed all that. It cost a lot of time and money. It's literally handing over very specific secrets to people that are doing exactly what you're doing. But if somebody that is in a completely different space and makes clothes and comes to me and asks questions and I have answers for whatever it is, I'm probably going to be a little more likely to share right or wrong. I don't know. I I go back and forth with that, but that's how I feel about it if I'm being honest.
0: And with that also being said and going back to kind of like the partnership collaboration route is reach out to the brands that you don't think fit because the ones that don't fit, are the ones that are going to get the attention and get people talking 100
1: percent, yes though like the weird collaborations like i think elf and dunkin donuts did one that kind of blew up on tiktok and people were like this is dumb this makes no sense from a branding standpoint no you're wrong you don't understand branding that is why it was Genius And absolutely made sense from a branding standpoint. Also, to be clear, another side note, they didn't do that brand collaboration to make money. It was an awareness thing. They wanted to, they know that especially younger Gen Z because of Charlie D'Amelio, Dixie D'Amelio, those girls were Duncan girls. Elf wanted those eyes that Duncan was getting on them. It was not about selling makeup palettes that were Duncan scented or colored or themed. Nobody on every day is probably wearing a bright orange eyeshadow that's Duncan colors. It had nothing to do with that. It was a vehicle to get the eyes of the Dunkin' girlies because they're not Starbucks girls. They're in Dunkin' Donuts onto them and to convert them into customers.
0: Yeah, and you can you can be a- about it with one of your best friends or we're talking about it right now, but that was the exact point of that collaboration. It gets people talking percent. would we be talking about Dunkin Donuts or Elf if that collaboration didn't come out? Probably not. I think, and I could be totally misremembering
1: this. I could have actually dreamed this, but I think I'm right. CalPack, which is a suitcase company, which by the way, not my carry on, but like my big gold suitcase, yeah. that's a CalPack suitcase. I'm pretty positive they did a partnership with Taco Bell where they did like Taco Bell themed luggage. Did I make that up? I think that happened.
0: I didn't see that, but I also, I'm a while ago. The reason I've heard of CalPAC is because of your suitcase. So I don't think it's ever something I've looked into. Okay. We'll fact check this
1: after the fact, but I'm pretty positive that if it wasn't those two brands, it was something very similar to that. And they did a collaboration that you were like, Who the hell is going to buy a Taco Bell suitcase? Like, that's going to take a very specific person to... Luggage is very expensive. Fun fact, as an adult, nobody talks about that. Buying a nice quality suitcase is not an inexpensive venture, for sure. Who's going to buy a Taco Bell-themed one? It's going to take a very specific person. But again, it was so unique that it actually kind of made sense in a weird way and it's just that brand loyalty crossover that doesn't actually make sense on the surface but if you dig a little deeper there's a reason why these multi-million dollar billion dollar brands and industries continue to do things like this
0: so the theme i think of this is think outside of the box don't stay confined in your four walls because there's so much more out there
1: and also send us, as Emma is now calling it, fan mail. <laughs> send, <her this. laughs> send us send emails this. because it, it makes us really happy and excited. I actually made us our very own email uh, address. It's let them at Um or you can just send us to hello at or I'll give you the real in that's super hard to find. Hello, not really. It's literally plastered everywhere. Our personal emails are just emilyartistsukra.com or Emma. At
0: and if you send us fan mail, we will do mini episodes like this, answering your questions and kind of deep diving our opinions on it.
1: Also, Christina, we literally love you so much. Thank you for being our very first email ever. And I thought this was helpful. We took a lot of twists and turns, which is very natural for how Emma and I communicate. So hopefully you were able to follow along.
0: Yes, hopefully you were. Tell Emma we say hi. And on that note, love you, Mina love you mean it bye bye